0: Hola Tucson, I'm Liz Soltaro, Executive Director for the Ward 1 office. Thank you for joining us for the first podcast of No Tucson, the City of Tucson Ward 1, Council Member Named Santa Cruz. Hello everyone. So we're here in the midst of fighting against COVID-19 in our office. So
1: So, Mayor Romero's mandate calls for shelter in place and for non-essential businesses such as hair salons, nail shops, barber shops to close all in an effort to lessen the spread of the virus. The governor's executive orders had identified and considered a lot of those businesses as essential. But as seen today, all of the mayors in Arizona have signed a letter to the governor to put out executive orders of sheltering in place. Well, I commend and support our mayor's leadership in taking this uh, more serious. Uh, the precautions that she has put in place that we need to take care of each other here in tucson so that you know we we lessen the spread of the virus so as we're continuing to work through the details of what is essential and what is not uh residents and business owners can call the city of tucson COVID 19 hotline to get further clarification that number is 520-791-2540 all the mayor and council Calls are also being forwarded to this hotline. We want to make sure that during this time, our community feels like they can call and have another human able to answer those questions.
0: Can you share insight into the relief bill that was passed in the Senate and the House last week? And what does that mean for
1: Tucson and our state? So the House passed the bill, and since we've learned that there will be a $1,200 check coming to people who hold a social security number and then $500 for each dependent, we know that is going to be a challenge because we have a lot of our undocumented communities who will not be covered. They use very specific language of having to hold a social security and not an ITIN number. So as a community, we're going to have to figure out how we support our undocumented family and friends because like everybody else, they pay taxes into the system, but never get anything in return. The monies available for the coronavirus relief fund is going to to state governments who are then the ones responsible for redistributing to local and tribal governments. The funds are also going towards education stabilization efforts, to transit systems, to the Center for Disease Control, and expanding for unemployment and a couple of other areas. Some of the things to remember are that this bill gets, like I said, administered by the state, and it will be vital that we as elected officials and community members continue to advocate for funds and, and the businesses the small businesses that are being impacted.
0: Thank you. So as we keep learning more details about the relief package, are there other additional areas of, of who's going to be left out or things to consider?
1: Yeah, what, you know, is always very interesting of how the current administration will use you know, these challenging moments to kind of push their agenda. So um, one of the concerns is that nonprofits, uh, such as uh, Planned Parenthood, who provide a much needed service in our community with um, reproductive health, you know, everything that goes under that umbrella um, would be excluded from any kind of support during this time. So um, it's very concerning because a lot of us do depend on Planned Parenthood. You know like we're going to need to as a community to, to rally around those kinds of gaps and in, in the the funding that's coming down from the federal government and as well as i said earlier earlier about our undocumented community we need to advocate for creating um, these funding streams that do not have restrictions from the federal government or the state and then um, we need to also figure out at a local level how we're gonna funnel funds to to groups and projects that are going to go to these, to these gaps of folks who are most vulnerable.
0: So looking forward, what additional thoughts do you have on how we need to respond?
1: So I know that the mayor has been working with, um, you know, some of our local nonprofits and like the Southern Arizona Community Foundation to set up a fund so we're waiting to get details on that I think that at the end of the day it's about like how we as a community as people respond how we like get creative and how we do that there's also examples of things happening in other cities you know in other communities and and here in Tucson around like neighbors coming together in their neighborhood to deliver groceries you know to like elderly folks or people who um, have a compromised immune system trying to get that to them so that they don't have to go out and put themselves um, in any kind of danger so I think we're gonna you know need to do that I know that personally for me I have moments where I just feel like overwhelmed you know and, and just feeling really down and that kind of blocks my creativity of how we can support so I know that for me it's been important to to show up at the at the city hotline to to answer calls and and talk to community members and, and give clarifications because it feels like I'm doing something um we all need you know like did you have do you have examples Liz of of what it, what this has been like for you, or what we need to be doing at the local level. I think for
0: me, putting in balancing the two of taking it day by day. It's like, what does it mean to be um, to be a mom, and now um, balancing between, yeah, school closures to how do I show up um, in my role being a service to our community in this and i too have found going to work the hotline to be helpful it gives us clarification on what are the questions were what are folks needing immediately and that helps us as we you know are trying to respond and create solutions um and it's also been good to build some relationship over the phone with folks and i think that it's it's also been there's like moments of joy in taking some of those calls when we've kind of come to an agreement or come to an understanding or the simplicity of just getting them the information they need. So I think just day by day and trying
1: to remember that like we're gonna get through this and Yeah, that's that's right. I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about like What is bringing us joy during this time and what we're seeing in our community? And I also just, you know, want to acknowledge that we are in a space of also grieving aside from what's happening in our outside environment, but we're grieving the loss of a community giant, which was Chairman Richard Elias, who I know that you and I both had, you know, very special, you know, friendship and relationship with him, and that it's a challenge to have such a huge loss and not be able to, to like mourn in public and be with community and celebrate um, his, his legacy and his life. And so I, I think that I'm, you know, kind of still, I'm grappling with that, the, the wave of those emotions, you know, come throughout the day. But uh, it's also been really beautiful to read all the posts that people are sharing online, on social media, about the impact that he had in their lives and and funny things um, about that. And I was remembering Liz. I don't know if you remember, but that last time that when we called him up, and he was like, "I already know why y'all are calling," because <laughs> we were calling him to try to tell him that he needed to close the libraries. And he's <laughs> like, yeah. "Tony," so he was like, "We're already doing it." And then I just, you know, remember when, you know, just checking in with him and see how he was doing. And he kept talking about how much he has been missing his dad. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I was like, I think like the solace I get in, in his passing is that, you know, he's with his, he's with his dad again, who he was really missing and, and like feeling like he he had lost a guide in his life. So um, I'm hoping, you know, that they're, they're celebrating their, their reunion, um, so so yeah. So it's a little bit of joy mixed in with with some grieving, and
0: definitely. And I, you know, that day when we got the news, um, that those feelings of just this, this outright shock. And I just went outside to take a walk because he always, you know, posted beautiful beautiful images of flowers, of cactuses, of plants, and so. Got to take a moment and soak up some sun and just share my words as I got to walk. Um, appreciate it, the small flowers as he did. And then, like, think about those you know, his hashtags he always says, resist and much love. And so, we'll so just carry on so much more meaning now as we go forward. And, and yeah, super grateful to read folks share their memories online. I definitely. Help bring bring some healing
1: for sure but in the meantime the family has asked for privacy you know to to grieve on their own so we're going to just be taking the lead from from them on how to support them during this time
0: in closing we want to thank
1: thank everyone for joining in with us today yeah we just want to make sure that if you know you still have questions that you remember that. Uh, the state hotline dealing with questions around COVID-19 is 211 that the Pima County Unemployment Hotline is 520-724-5735 and if you have questions about uh, if you are a small business owner and you need some clarification or information or support that you need Uh, The city number for that is 520-837-4100.
0: Thanks everyone again for joining us. And we'll be back on here to share and talk again, tackling some other topics and questions and also recapping moments of joy.
1: We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.